0: This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for all things college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the ice time hockey sw.com family. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is presented by College Bar and Grill, 502 South College Avenue in Tempe, and online at ilovecollege.co. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is also brought to you by OxyPow and by behind the mask and now here are your hosts scott strandy and i'm tom callahan
1: welcome in to a special edition of college hockey southwest weekly this one is a big one because this is the series that ended the regular season home schedule for the arizona state sun devils here at oceanside ice arena so we thought it was important to throw this out there not only was it important because of the last two games here but also the sun devils completed a sweep the last one Tonight, a little bit. Uh, how should
0: we say it? On edge. Yeah, this one. Wow. I, there's so much happened in this game, Scott. It was. You know what it was? It was. Um, it was Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I truly, think. truly. I, I think it was Jekyll and Hyde. From a standpoint of, I look at because the first half of this game, Arizona State looked unbeatable. Right. Um, all the emotion of you know senior weekend, specifically this night where they had the pregame ceremony, they came out flying, they built a four to one lead. I was really impressed with this team in the first half. Then they got in a little penalty trouble. They ended up um, with a major call against Dean Pashnick at the end of the second period. And then in the third, they ended up in the box a little more. And so um, American International was able to come back and tie it. And then ASU, huge win in overtime. But um, this team in the beginning of the game, that's as good as I've seen them play all year. That that first period might be the best period they've played all year. I think everybody in the
1: building, including the coaching staff, would agree with you. It was the best period. They were complete. They were focused from the start. They did everything that they needed to do to build a lead like you want to do on the second half of a two-game series at home on senior night. So for them to lose it a little bit, I think we were all a little bit in shock. I walked up and down press row, and it was a, a little bit of disbelief that it really got to that point. I will tell you, though, that I could hear from the bench. The players knew that they were going to win this game. Um, I believe Jacob Wilson was the one that I heard saying, like, all this means, the start of overtime, is that we get the next goal. And they did.
0: They absolutely did.
1: All right, let's get right back into this conversation that we're having with... uh, what happened and how it ended up being an overtime game. It was a thriller, okay? No doubt about that, it was five to four. Uh, All the brass from ASU was here to watch. Uh, Athletic director Ray Anderson was here. Uh, Associated senior uh, athletic director and for hockey, Frank Ferrer was here. I saw the joy on their face when they were hugging Coach Powers after the game. Coach Powers was a little frustrated. He did not want to end this way, but
0: it did. Bottom line of it is 21-10-1 with two games to play. Did they, by the way, not look like they had just won the Stanley Cup Absolutely. when they won the game in overtime? Everybody went flying <laughs> over the boards. Joey Decord took off down the ice. Big hugs, big dog pile in the end. Um, I love that, Scott. I, yeah. and, and you know what? That's the energy and enthusiasm I think this team has had all year, and they continue to show. And I, I can't wait. I, I really can't wait to see what these guys are capable of. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I was standing with, with Tim Gass, and uh, and we were talking about just during the game, and he's an Ohio State alum and right. you know, loves his Buckeyes, but he said, I don't want these guys to play Ohio State in the tournament. Right. He's like, I don't want them to get a third shot. He's like, they make me nervous. And if I'm any team Arizona State faces in the tournament, that's that's a legitimate statement. They would make you nervous.
1: Well, let's break that down. That's actually, for those that don't follow NCAA hockey here in the desert southwest. You should start following it now. Yeah, yeah. This (laughs) you should have followed it a little while earlier. But but here's the way the the program works. It's not like basketball where you have to win eight games or whatever it is to win a national championship. This comes down to four games. It's single elimination. It's one night. You're done. One night you move on. So it's either win lose, and that's how it's played. So this is going to be settled over two weekends. It's going to be uh, the last weekend in March and the second weekend in April, and we'll have a national champion. And there's no reason why the Sun Devils can't find themselves in Buffalo in April.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. You use basketball as a comparison. Last year, for example, the UB Bulls, uh, which I know is a thorn in everybody's side, who's a U of A fan. Um, But they came in and they played a game and executed a game plan that neutralized the Wildcats, on the floor. They won a game, and they were close in their next game, but usually in an eight-game tournament, the cream can rise to the top. Right. Upsets eventually filter themselves out in the later rounds. Here, when an upset knocks out a top seed, it upsets the entire apple cart. Yeah, Because there's, number one, there's way fewer teams right. in there, and number two, I think because you only have four games to win... 16 teams if you will all fighting to win four games that means you've got really a smaller but more concentrated pool of talent so if you're there you're a really good hockey team to begin with well let's put this in perspective for the Sun
1: Devil fans out there Um, this team is only second to four other teams in wins right now with their 21 wins there are only four other teams in all of college hockey that have more than they do Okay, they need 16 teams for the tournament. We know there's going to be 16 automatic bids with the uh, conference champions getting in automatically. But right now, they're number eight in the pairwise. They sit very comfortably into the tournament. If you look at the pairwise probability, it still lists them as 100% in, okay? Nobody can say they're in until they're in, right? right. So March 24th is going to be the selection Sunday. That's going to be when we're going to know for sure but I think we can all start making plans for a regional somewhere along the way. Now, let me go back and just reiterate a little bit about what they can't do uh, if they want to continue their, their season. It basically comes down to this. They can't go to the penalty box, and they must control their emotions because teams that have beaten them or almost beaten them have gotten under their skin, and they must figure out a way to control that emotions and focus it into... You get under my skin, I'm going to put the puck in the net, end of story.
0: And that's that's they can beat themselves. Oh, yes. There aren't a lot of teams that can beat them, yes. but they can beat themselves. And, and go into the penalty box, I mean, I, I say it all the time, and when you're a young team, though, you do, sometimes your emotions get the best of you. You don't quite know how to control or deal with the situation. You end up in the box. Um, and I hope that does not happen to them during the tournament, but it will at some point. You know, and, and here's the thing. You've said no stage is too big for this team so far this year, Scott. But you know what? It's different when you're playing for a national title.
1: Oh, it really is. And, and the other thing that I think I've seen the growth in this team is that, believe it or not, they're getting better. They used to be at the point where the emotions would get the best and when they'd lose the game by a couple of goals. Right. Um, this season, they didn't. They, when they've gone to overtime, they've won the game. Um, and if they've controlled their emotions, they haven't gone to overtime. So I think where we're at right now, Tom, is that we're looking at a team that's poised, senior leadership, strong freshman class that's really contributing. Uh, so the future is bright,
0: but the now is bright as well. Well, and the belief is there in the Absolutely. Now. The belief is absolutely there. I wanted to bring up, Scott, so I brought up the latest pair-wise now with everything done. Um, so it's a tie for first, St. Cloud State in Massachusetts. Third is Minnesota-Duluth. Fourth is denver 5th, Minnesota State, 6th, Quinnipiac, 7th is Ohio State, and tied for 8th, Arizona State, Western Michigan, and Cornell. Well, they have them all tied for 8th. Tied for 8th, eight. <laughs> all of them. But uh, Arizona State's got the 21 wins. Western Michigan is 17-10-1, and, and Cornell's fifteen, fifteen, seven, 15-7-3. Now, obviously, a lot of teams have more games to play here coming up after I mean, the downside of not being affiliated and in a conference is your season is your season. Yep. So that's talk a little bit about that, if you will, because this is the lone independent in college hockey.
1: It is the lone independent, and they scheduled um, a very difficult schedule on purpose because they knew that if they were going to have a chance, they were going to have to be successful and be successful against good competition. Um, We didn't know what Boston U was going to be. We didn't know what Boston College was going to be. On paper, they looked really good, right? So strength of schedule at the beginning of the year looked pretty imposing, right? Um, They've managed to stick that out. Um, That's why I gave them the magic number of 22 wins to start the season. I just don't think there will be any way to keep a 22-win team out of the tournament. I don't know
0: that there's a way to keep them out now at 21. No, I don't think so either. I I mean, if they go – worst case scenario, you go to Minnesota, you get absolutely blown out in two games. You're terrible. Maybe that changes a couple of minds, and it's enough to nudge them back out. But, number one, I don't see them getting blown out two nights in a row by any stretch. And, number two, I think they've done enough for the conversation to be in to make a mark and that this program has shown it belongs in the tournament this year.
1: Well – and I've been waiting for this series, not only because I'm a Minnesota native, but right. I've been waiting for it for the very end when I saw it was on the schedule because I wanted to see what the team speed of Arizona State would be on an Olympic-sized ice sheet. They haven't had a chance to play on one very often. And Coach Powers told me last week in the 5-Minute Powers play that that they were successful in those types of environments and that they're excited about it. If, uh, if they need be, they'll go practice on an ice sheet up in Peoria. That's Olympic size, so they'll have a chance to work out on on the size that way. But, man, oh, man, when you see the team speed that they have, give them a little more time and space, I think it smells trouble.
0: Well, it's seven and a half feet more on each wing on an olympic size sheet. So a normal sheet, for those who don't know, is is 85 feet wide. An olympic size sheet is 100 feet wide. I played on both. Right. Um, And I can tell you, in my experience as a goalie, it messes up your angles. Yes. So... Joey Decord probably needs to make sure that he's all set and you have to you have to go out there and mark your angles and nowhere where because yes. you think, okay, a shooter's coming to the dot, it's different depending on yeah. how it takes. and it takes an extra seven and a half feet when guys drive in on the boards here and cut to the dot, it takes a couple of seconds. It's going to take an extra second or an extra half second. To cover that extra seven and a half feet, right? That throws your timing off too. Yep. So now you go to make your move, and you see the guy make his break. And if you cut to your left, and he's coming across to your left, it's you can open up your short side a lot easier if you don't think about that and make that adjustment. So those are little things you're going to have to adjust to. Same for the defenseman on their gap; they're going to have to understand when the guy's coming in on the wall. You have that extra seven and a half feet. And So you can get beat with more speed to the outside, but it also means that perimeter shot's coming from further out. So you really your gap has to change, and that's going to be something that's going to be important for these guys to make sure that they understand the timing of that. Tell me, folks out there, if you're not excited to have this man giving you
1: a (laughs) play-by-play, just listen for a little bit. He just recaps something without a game going on in front of him. I mean, this is a play-by-play voice that can give you the angles on Olympic... On regular, this is the voice of experience. Time to start getting some play-by-play action for this guy.
0: I've had goals scored on me from every angle, Scott. <laughs> I can describe how they can all go in. So it, uh, You've also called a lot of goals I and, have. and
1: great saves over I've your time. I've
0: seen a lot of hockey. I've seen a lot of <laughs> hockey. So um, it's, uh, it, I don't know, I just enjoy it. I, I, and I think if fans, you know, start checking out this program and start seeing what's going on they'll enjoy it too it's it's a lot of fun to be at the games
1: you know what and and i'll tell you that i've seen you and heard you call professional games at the nhl level the aha level and when you came on board with me this fall i saw an excitement in your eyes that i didn't think i was going to see i was hoping that you were going to enjoy college hockey and all of a sudden i think i've seen a little excitement you tell me if i'm wrong on that but i think there's a little excitement brewing in college hockey, not just for Sun Devil, but I think you're enjoying this.
0: Well, I, and I grew up in in Buffalo, New York, now Buffalo, Minnesota, right. um, <laughs> but college sports wasn't a huge deal right. in Buffalo, like it is in other areas of the country. Um, it's not really Big Ten country. It's not, it's not anything really. Now, University of Buffalo has come around in the last couple of years with football and basketball, but that's the last two years. So other than yeah. that, um, the big college teams when I grew up were Penn State, Notre Dame, maybe Syracuse, right. um, because they used to be kind of good in basketball at one point when Jim Beheim was there. But people didn't pay attention. It was a pro, it's a pro sports town. I think it right. still is a pro sports town, um, and so that's what I grew up with as my mentality. And then um, not until I actually went to college myself did I pay a whole heck of a lot of attention to anything except March Madness. Right. Um, so you know it's it's interesting now. Um, to see the growth of college sports, not just hockey, not just basketball or football, but other sports as well, you know, whether it's swimming and golf and volleyball and tennis and everything, and just the way sports continue to expand. And let's face it, it's a business. I don't care what anybody says, it's a business. Um, But it it is exciting for me to see something that's being built. Uh, it's, It's pretty... You know, it's an amazing job that Coach Powers has done here, and I think that that's a big reason why I've been able to buy in and get behind what this program is trying to accomplish is because they're trying to grow the game, which is something I love and support 100%. And I was completely on the other side of the coin because I grew up right smack in
1: the middle of the University of North Dakota and Minnesota Duluth, who had some fierce college battles. That's what I remember growing up. Um, I remember playing high school hockey in the state of Minnesota, which was what do they call it, the state of hockey, right? So you got that going on. But here's what really got me is I watched Bemidji State go from a, uh, at that time, NCAA Division II team, make the jump to Division I. I saw how difficult that was. Uh, I think it was easier possibly than what Coach Powers had from the ACHAD1 level, but similar, right? So when, when Coach Powers said that they were going NCAA, I immediately wanted to see what that was all about. I knew how good a team he had when he won the ACHA um, National Tournament at the D1 level. You've had a chance to see some ACHA hockey. You did a feature for us on the ACHA teams that are here in the desert Southwest, and you've seen the rise in that program, but you can also see that there's a jump sure. between ACHA, D1, and NCAA.
0: Yeah, absolutely, there's a gap. Even between the best teams like U of A or UNLV and where those teams are in and, and Central Oklahoma, Good hockey teams. Um, they, I heard somebody pass a comment earlier tonight. They thought maybe that, you know, there were there were a couple of ACHA teams that could hang with NCAA teams. It's like I don't know. Yeah, no. It's a difference. Yeah. There's a there's a, a gap there. Uh, just like there's a gap from here to pro, you know, right. from NCAA hockey yep. to pro, there's a gap. And and there's a gap within pro at the different levels of, of NHL and then AHL, ECHL. Um, and you know, it's there's a lot of talent here. Yeah, there's an awful lot of talent in what's going on, and I think that that's something that, if nothing else, if you appreciate athletic competition and talent, I mean, watching these guys do what they do, skating around out there on blades, you know, that are a half inch thick, and, <laughs> yeah. and do these amazing things, you know, on ice and, and with a with a puck is is really cool. So it, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I've I've had a chance to come along <laughs> a bit for the ride this year with Arizona State, and hopefully the ride is by far not over. Well, I
1: hope that hockey fans out there that truly appreciate the game will realize that there's a uh, this this is a different level, right? And we need to bring some more teams in the desert south in southwest into this arena, the NCAA arena. And I think the success of ASU has laid the groundwork for a lot of other programs. Um, I think they need a little more time, though. Uh, UNLV, for one, has tried to follow the roadmap, but th- they're not quite there yet. It's obvious. I mean, when Powers made the jump, he was a national champion at the ACHA level. So that's what teams have to strive for. They have to make that level and then start talking about moving up to NCAA. So is it going to happen in a year? No. Five? Maybe. But uh, ASU has laid the groundwork.
0: All right, Scott and I are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is presented by College Bar & Grill, 502 South College Avenue in Tempe, and online at ilovecollege.co. OxyPow specializes in the use and applications of dry and wet-based ozone treatments and services for odor removal and chemical-free sanitizing applications. Not only can they make your sports gear smell better, but they also offer products and service applications for residential, commercial, automotive, and anywhere else there's an organic-based odor, bacteria, virus, mold, or fungus you need to eliminate safely, naturally, and with no harmful toxins or residues left behind. Visit them online at oxypow.com. That's o x y p o dot com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, Scott, let's take a look here at the tournament coming up, the the prospectus, uh, let's (laughs) say ASU gets in, whether they're a fourth, third, second seed, whatever they turn out to be. What do you think?
1: I think they end up as a third seed. I think they get moved into either Providence or Manchester. uh, Strictly because the NCAA is going to look at the teams and they're going to put them in places where they can sell tickets. Like you said earlier, it's a business, right? You don't want to bring a team like ASU to Fargo and not have any support. On the other hand, you can bring them to Providence and you can bring in New England, New York, Philadelphia, all of those places where ASU alums reside. And hockey fans, we've already proven that all season long, they, they like that area. So when they get in, they're probably going to be in Providence, maybe Manchester. I doubt they're going to Allentown, and I doubt they're going to Fargo.
0: Well, I uh, that all makes sense. I, I think you're right. And I think three seed is probably... Um, what we're looking at for these guys I mean who knows they go to Minnesota they win twice it could be a second seed yeah. I still think they'll end up as a three just because they are new um, but I think they can surprise some some people and that's I tell you what it, it, hey all bets are off if you can win a couple of games and get yourself to Buffalo uh, look if you're we've seen it in the Stanley Cup final yeah. eight <laughs> seeds seven seeds go all the way make it to the final and in some cases win so I don't I don't care what your seed is if you're in the tournament you have a chance I think two things are important when they get in the tournament. I think they, they probably don't want to
1: play a style, um, a team with a style like Cornell or Clarkson, which is big and heavy. They just aren't built, really, to play big and heavy. Can they adjust and can they beat them in a one game? Certainly. Uh, I think they would prefer not to play either one of those two teams. I think they'd rather play a more finesse team, which is why I think they'll find success in Minnesota, because that team is much more similar to ASU style. I think ASU has more talent, quite frankly, than Minnesota does, which is something I think I'd ever say, but I think they do.
0: And your goalie can always steal you a game. <laughs>
1: he can steal you four.
0: Yeah. And if he does, you're a national champion. Absolutely. So
1: let's wrap things up tonight with, uh, with a simple 21 10 1 record, a week off again. And these bye weeks are kind of magical, I think. Coach Bauer says his team responds well to them. They did it again now. They swept again at home. Um, they're going to be leaving the friendly confines. They're going to an Olympic psych ice, ice sheet up in Minnesota. It's two weeks away. But uh, it will lead ourselves into what we hope is the national tournament regional. And then we'll just take it from there. It's just one game at a time from there, and we'll see how far this team can go.
0: Well, I'm, I'm behind them, and I hope they, uh, they go a long way. They've been a lot of fun to watch so far. So, again... I can't wait to see what they can do. The, the seniors have been great. The leadership is great. The room, the belief is there. Uh, the freshmen have played well. They have a lot of elements going for them. I need to
1: throw out a couple of big thank yous. First okay. of all, to yourself for for helping us out and doing all the broadcast work. Uh, you are the voice of experience, so Tom Callahan, <laughs> thank you very much. I want to throw out Zach Bondurant, our great photographer that's come on board with us this year and done a. for Phenomenal job providing us some great photos. I also want to throw out some thank yous to our sponsors. College Bar and Grill has jumped up to be our presenting sponsor for not only now, but for the rest of the year. Which is fantastic to have them on board. They're going to become more and more influential as the new arena gets built, and they're just down the street from it. So happy to have College Bar on. Uh, Behind the Mask is jumping on with us to help us out with the podcast throughout the tournament. and uh, Of course, our friends at Oxipal have been with us for the last two years now, and and, you know, what, what can I say about OxyPow? OxyPow, fantastic Friday, Demetrius
0: Koumenzis this week. He performs well on Friday, does it again on Saturday. You know what, here's what I can say about OxyPow. Number one, it works <laughs> Yeah. really well. So that's a great product uh, and I use it myself. And uh, you know what, if Koumenzis continues to become more the player that I think a lot of people have expected him to become, and he's developing and blossoming at the right time, it never hurts to have another scoring threat. No. That's for sure. So I'll tell you what, the, this team can go a long way. It's been a, even the, you know, you've asked a couple of times, are the freshmen freshmen anymore? No. The maturity, is just going through that season. I mean, are they still young? Yes. Will they still make mistakes? Absolutely. But um, they've learned a lot, and it shows. You know, Coach Powers likes to
1: say that the guys are driving the bus now. What I'd like to say from College Hockey Southwest Weekly is the guys are driving the bus. We're on board, but there are still seats available. So hop on board with us. Take us uh, all the way to Buffalo, and, and Tom's going to buy some guys wings when we get to Buffalo, I hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll I have uh, wings Wings on me because that's my hometown, and you got to go to the good places for wings. All right, folks, we'll, uh, we'll be back in touch with
1: you next week on our regularly scheduled college hockey Southwest weekly. And bring us some more sponsors, folks, because we want to cover this team all the way to the Frozen Four.